Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. I'm your girl, Jessie May. This is the Sharp Tongue Podcast. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. How is everybody doing? Quarantine day 3,422. Well, I would just like to give a shout out to um, all of the amazing men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. That's what Memorial Day is all about. So in military families as well who lost their loved ones and people who are currently serving as well and veterans, all of you, thank you so much. But today we remember those whose lives are lost for us to have our freedoms and to live in this amazing country. Regardless of what you think about what the current state of affairs is, there are a lot of men and women who are boots to the ground fighting for our rights and our freedoms. So thank you, everybody who is in the military and the families who are supporting them. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I've done a couple USO tours. I, I was in Iraq, Afghanistan, Bahrain, Germany, Poland. I went to Japan. I've done a few different places and met thousands of troops, and it changed my mind and my, and my whole life, honestly. It was the most amazing time. So I got to witness a little bit of what goes on, obviously not to the, <laughs> the depths of, uh, you know, war, but I did hang out with a bunch of the amazing military men and women that, that represent our country and fight for our country. So it was pretty fucking dope. And I, f- I felt so lucky and honored to be able to be a part of that. So I was actually going to be doing another USO tour this year in September, but I don't know if that's going to happen because of coronavirus. What the fuck? I was really looking forward to it. I can't say where it was going to be because they always prohibit us from saying that until after for obvious security reasons but hopefully we'll go hopefully it'll happen again am i drinking wine yeah i sure am i'm a grown-ass bitch i deserve to drink wine i've been drinking a little bit of wine every freaking night that's what i've been doing that's what helps me go to sleep a little joint a little bit of the red wine a little weed Ooh, mama's doing good Mama's living her best life. I honestly have stopped worrying about coronavirus. Not that I'm not taking precautions. I'm staying home and I'm not wearing pants. I hear that's what you're supposed to do. I've only put masks over my butthole opening when I'm out at the grocery store. So I'm doing my part. Are you fucking doing your part? I am doing my part. And speaking of doing my part, you guys, I have a fucking... Uh, excuse me, Patreon page where I am posting shit to every single day. I post content there, exclusive videos every single day. Join it. If you're not already joined, um, become a member. You can pick any tier you want. There's free shit in every tier. Well, not free shit because you're becoming a member, but there are so many fun things with every tier. I'm giving exclusive videos away to every tier. If you read in 
each tier's description. You can see a little bit of the extra stuff that you get. In the highest tier, you can do a voice call. Well, not a voice call, an actual like video call with me once a month. And the lowest tier is just you being amazing and supportive. So whatever you want to do is fine by me. I, I just want to be able to give you guys exclusive content. So I joined Patreon to be able to do that. I post every single day fun videos. And this video, this podcast video will be available as well as all the other ones. So we started recording video. We're all professional now here at the Sharp Tongue Podcast. We're doing it. We're we're. We're trying to find ways to bring you guys more content because you're home just like I am. So why not? Why not listen to me whine while I drink wine? That's what this podcast is. I don't think I whine too much, though. I kind of just like ruminate, pontificate, and bullshit. I think that's why you guys like it so much. And if you do like it so much, please rate and review me. Let me know how you like it. Go to Apple to, uh, Apple iTunes and leave a little review for us. It means the world. And honestly, thank you so much for coming back every week. It makes me realize that what I'm doing matters. And being in this quarantine has been mentally taxing on all of us. So I, I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. What, what is it? My fucking period? Why am I so thankful? God, I'm like grateful and crying already. All right, let's get to the podcast. Thank you. I miss you guys. I love you so much. Oh, this was a fun episode. We've turned it into a weekly thing. I think we're calling it the clap. <laughs> the the Clorox lover anal bleachers. I, I don't know what it's called. You guys can pick what the acronym stands for. Give it up for my boy, Tully. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal... Look, well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. I talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. Okay, it's raw on cut. Okay. Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Uh, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Oh, Coming to you live on tape from week 17 of quarantine from an above ground basement in rapidly gentrifying Culver City, adjacent California, boasting fully obstructed views of absolutely nothing. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, once again, the host of the Sharp Tongue Podcast, co-creator of The Clap. Chock full of nuts, lovers, anonymous podcast, the people's champ. Hello and welcome back, Jesse May Peluso. Chock full of nuts and not lovers, anonymous podcast. I think that's our title. Although it's the chock ten. full of nuts is a little verbose for the acronym, I feel like we have to throw in a couple extra letters, but I like it. Yeah. Do you know, can I tell you a no. chock full of nuts anecdote? Is it going to be the same one, and I'm going to have to be like, hey, Tully, uh, you need a nap? Well, I do need a nap, and it's very similar to the same one, but it's it's a fresh riff on that old canard. Okay. Uh, 
So I, uh, I'm trying to do my part to help out with my parents. They're in New Jersey. I'm here. My sister's helping out. There's only so much I can do from distance, but we have amazing technologies nowadays. So I um, was able to order groceries for them online and uh, send them to their house. And wouldn't you know it? You sent them chock full of nuts. My dad was like, I was like, they're like, they're like, don't, uh, don't worry. There's no rush whatsoever. We don't need any of this stuff we understand what you're up against and you know newfangled technology and the coronavirus and stuff like that my dad's like but i will run out of coffee in two days so get and there's me my nothing goddamn- like you you know dipping out of coffee your brain is like what do you mean you don't have any coffee it's really funny it's like the last well i was gonna say it's the last socially acceptable drug addiction cigarettes are no longer all that socially acceptable i know you're chucking your wine but <laughs> day drinking if my dad were to say to me well no my dad's 82 if he was like look i'm gonna run out of wine in two days and i'll murder your mother if you don't re- get me a new a new box of franzia by then i guess i wouldn't re- really frown on that too much but we only sort of allow that for people who are either like under 25 or over 75 otherwise we consider them to have like a bit of an alcohol issue but, um why why is there a weed all of a sudden there's a we i'm i'm l- lumped into this <laughs> i'm lumped into this judgmental judgy mcjudgerson situation i thought you said uh we i thought you were saying weed i was actually going to say that i think marijuana has become the other socially acceptable <gasps> drug addiction thank god it's thank replaced god. cigarettes yes i, I thank <laughs> the lord because we don't hold it against people who, like, if you hold up a road trip because I've got to go get some coffee, everybody kind of understands that. Right. Keeps you, know? you awake, keeps the car from careening into an, an alley or a valley or tree. Well, and, and it has actual, like, withdrawal symptoms. Are you, a, are you a coffee addict such that you would have withdrawal symptoms? Because I have had them. I have. Well, excuse me. My dog is having withdrawal symptom of me right now. Carlin. Go. Get that dog some chock full of nuts. Get out of here. Go lay down. Sorry, guys. I, I'm usually very sweet to my dog, but he's being very needy, which is annoying because I'm home all day long. We have, uh, we have video evidence to the contrary. Sounds like you're a pretty mean, <laughs> pretty mean dog mom. You're an abusive dog mom. I get these like coffee. Like if I go a day without it, I'll get a little bit of a headache. And I feel like yeah. that's an addict situation where you're like, I need my coffee to fix my hey. headache. You don't just feel that way. It's absolutely true. I did a sleep study one time because I snore more than a bit. Wait, did you like go to a college where they watched you all night? Uh, it wasn't a college. It was like some doctor's office on Wilshire Boulevard. And, I, and you stayed I, overnight? Yeah, and they put the things on me. and Like all of the receptors on your skull? I had many receptors, yeah. And what did, what did they deduce? What, what's your issue? I didn't come up with a goddamn thing, which is, which is ridiculous. Because I, my first girlfriend used to invite her friends over to watch me snore. Like, That's strange, but I'm in a, this day and era, I, I'll start it. Maybe I'll do that on my OnlyFans if I open one. Because uh, I think we started touching on this last time. Something happened to my nose somewhere along the way, and I think that's probably when the snoring issue started. I didn't get to tell you the story of how my nose ended up the disfigured way that it is nowadays, which is... No, we didn't talk about it. You, you brushed on it the way somebody must have brushed on your nose while you were in the womb. <laughs> Some guy punched me. One guy punched me one time in my entire teens. Really? And you know what's funny? Because I'd said something sort of offensive, and I deserved it. And and he didn't. We were all pretty wimpy dudes, you know, hanging out together. So the first time he punched me, I actually thought he was joking. 
And then I, I laughed and I looked up and I saw how angry he was and I was like, oh my God. And then he hit me again and then somebody in, intervened and stuff like that. But he got his money's worth because I, I don't remember what I said. I, I was a complete asshole to him. And as a result, I have sleep apnea that will take years off of my life. So <laughs> was it worth it? No, it was no. He 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 won. He you know what we me, did. He shut my mouth, but good. <laughs> we hmm? we did. We figured out that your nose made you look like the the brothers. One one of the brothers from du, Duplass. Du, yeah, the Duplass with the nose. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you your mouth got you a crooked nose, but it doesn't. It fits your face. It just looks like if I if I were on mushrooms right now, I would be very focused on your nose. I'd be a little concerned. I'd be a little concerned that your nose is in a different realm. Just a little bit of a different realm. Similar realm, but like maybe one foot into another realm. Yeah, and no, I, my, I mean that as a compliment. My face is straight and my nose is straight. They just don't <laughs> have the same straight. My face is pointed at 12 and my nose is like 130. It looks like you could just like, like just fix just it. Just grab it and pop it right back, right? Right. Just kind of, you know, just, just put her right back. Just give her a it little wouldn't... smack. It wouldn't totally bum me out to get my nose broken because I know that at least I'd be able to fix it. So wait, so did you actually, were you able to sleep in this guy's office? That doesn't sound like a doctor. It sounds like how every girl gets raped. <laughs> Was it Dr. Huxtable? I mean, I didn't have any trouble at all. He just gave me the hot chocolate and next thing I knew it was morning. Can we laugh at that now? I think we can laugh at everything now. I think everybody has, has finally has bigger fish to fry. Thank God. Thank God. God, that we finally can laugh at that because I get sick of holding things, you know, I realize there's a grace period. Do you think there's a grace period of tragedy and comedy? I mean, it's all timing, right? Tragedy plus time equals comedy. And the 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 delicious bit of it is figuring out exactly when the the worm is turned and the thing that was unspeakable is now deliciously hilarious to have fun with. Yeah. And that's so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's so much fun because I for, I don't know about you, but for me, like those areas of truth, like the 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 more painful it is, the harder I laugh, like especially once a certain amount of time has passed. Yeah, right. Those yeah, you, dark you, things, those things, especially when someone I know, like I'm just having a conversation with somebody on the phone and they're talking about their subsequent pain it, and, and, and in a with the purpose of making it funny, like a comedian, you know, just catching up with somebody and they're talking about their pain. It's so funny. Is it a comic that you're talking to? It's a bunch. Yeah. A bunch of comics. Like, you know, just conversations I've had with friends and the, the stuff we laughed at the hardest is like the, the deepest shit. Yeah. I think that's a really healthy thing that you guys all develop the ability to do. Right. Is like mine. your your issues to have fun with it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if anything, at the very least, it's a survival mechanism. You know, I think I don't, you know, people say like humor is an avoidance. I don't know if it is. I, I think it can also be a spear into the core of truth. I'm not high. I'm just, I'm just being, you know, eloquent, poetic. Yeah, no, I think I did a crossword with my non-dominant hand today. So back the fuck up. Did you really? Did you do you do lefty crossword every morning? Every morning you do a crossword lefty. Mm-hmm. Don't ever tell me you are busy. <laughs> Listen. 
listen, I take, I love my mornings. I have my morning routine, like uh-huh. maybe a day or two a week. I won't do it just because, you know, I have other obligations, but I love to wake up, you know, get that cup, get that brew going. Best part of waking up. Putting fucking chock full, chock nuts, full of nuts in your cup. In your butt. It, boofing it in your butt. Um, <laughs> I just love my morning routine and I've added... I always do crosswords. It's like my favorite thing to do in the morning. But both Those, my parents did that for years as when I was a kid. Yeah, that'll keep you sharper in your uh, advancing years. <laughs> my dancing years? Is that what they call the golden years? In your advancing years. Oh, I thought you said dance. Well, now they're my dancing years. That's yeah. what they are. What, do you, what are your, like, as a woman, I play with the idea of being like an 80-year-old spinster. Do you have any, like, old man goals? Like... You know, you see an old man with a boat and you're like, that's me. I want to be a man at the sea. Captain Ahab. Definitely not the boat guy. Uh, (laughs) I know my wife and I have described, have already worked out what looks we will have when we're like the old couple. Oh, like the the face that settles in, like what your face is going to be? No, but like I'll have like a I'll have like a scarf and probably like a tweed jacket and some uh, sort of tweed hat, and she's gonna I, I'm gonna make her get the biggest fucking prescription uh, glasses known to man. I'm gonna yes. look like she's gonna look like Yoko Ono, and I'm gonna look like Paddington Bear, and that's how uh, we're gonna hang out. That's so good, Paddington Bear. I love you know my dad used to have this cardigan and it, it, nice big pockets, and you just button that son of a bitch up. I don't know what it mm-hmm. is about an old man in a cardigan. It just fills my heart. It really yep, does. Exactly. I might start smoking a pipe just to smell like it. You should start now just to like ease your, your liver and your lungs into it. Like get, You should have like an old man day, one day a week where you put slippers on. You're, you, you read me? the paper. Do you know like how many? Do you know how many? Do you know how many pairs of identical slippers I own? Do you I know, know how many, so many slippers. Do you, do you know how many places my identical slippers live? Do you know I have a pair of slippers in my car in case I'm going to be in it for more than 45 minutes? Yeah, you have you have like out in the life slippers. You have yeah. house slippers. You're mm-hmm. meant to be an old man. You have the face of somebody ready for his dancing years. I. I am. I'm starting to. I'm starting to face my dancing years, and I'm. I've got very little fear. I always thought that I would save golf for when I got old because I'm. You don't, don't golf. I've I golfed one time successfully. Well, very unsuccessfully, but like made it from one end to the other and didn't really care for it. And I was just like, I'm going to save this for when I can't do other shit anymore. I think go- golf looks really hard and technical, and I feel like this generation isn't getting into it as much as our parents and their parents' generation. Like mm-hmm. this gen, like the younger generation, their their idea of golf is top golf, which is a lot of fun. But is that that's the video not game golf. One? Well, it's a it's basically like you know a bowling alley, but for hitting golf balls. It's so fun. Have you never done top golf? Like a driving range? Yeah, but there's oh, like yeah. scores. You know, there's holes, oh. and you can you get. Nope. You get points. You play against each other in these little bays. It's so fun. We we should go once this all opens. We should go. Yeah. It's kid friendly. You know you okay. can you can bring your children. They stick yeah. them in a box. Hmm. They put up. They'll put them. We can put the kids in a golf cart and drive it on the course, and we can hit the golf cart with the balls. That'll be fun. Oh, they, would, they would love that. I used to love when my wife and I were dating. We'd go to a driving range in Griffith Park, like in Silver Lake. And the guy goes, the, the highlight of, of, of doing it is when the guy has to go through with his little like Pope mobile 
golf cart to clean up all the balls. Fucking everybody love is it. just fucking open season on that guy, and he knows it. He's like, I'm going to go out there and get hit. by. And it, There's only two things happening, people hitting me and people narrowly missing me because they're not good enough to hit me. Nobody's trying to do anything but hit that guy. It's completely socially expect- acceptable for 20 people to try to nail the guy. Just the incredibly stoned, like Kirk Hammett from Metallica looking guy in the golf cart. Hot box in the golf cart. I got to ride in the golf cart. I did a... Um, Ooh, la, la. Excuse me. Humble brag. I got to ride in the golf cart at Top Golf. And they do do that. They aim and they fire at you. They're like, forget the game. We got to get the people in the golf cart. It's like, ping, 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 ping. It's so fun, though, because you know you're not going to get hurt. But it's so fun to get smacked in the face with balls. So I'll leave that one there. I'm confused. Good. Where Where is Is this like a, a franchise thing? I feel like I'm the only it person is a franchise. we're talking about. Okay, uh-huh. where's like the nearest one? There was one, I think they were building one in California. I believe they were going to build one in El Segundo. Oh, wait, there's, there's not one in California? So when you were saying when this is all over, we should go there, you were talking about I think about they were building or... one. I don't know if it's done yet. There's one in, there's a Vegas location, Arizona. They're all over the country. It's a lot of fun. But, you know, we can't have fun anymore because we're still in a fucking quarantine. What day is it? Did you Did you actually know what day it was? I have absolutely no idea. I don't care whatsoever. But I'm starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel here. I feel. Are like, you? Yeah, I feel like we're we're at a tipping point now. It's going to be. Is this going to be a uh, a wooden roller coaster where we just go down that we might go up again? I don't know. But Whoa, like, um, are we I was on in, a roller coaster? I was in Ventura County this weekend, and somebody made my sandwich without a mask on. You ate the sandwich. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I live to tell. The, I live to tell the tale. Where from? What was the establishment? I don't know. Like, was Mr. it a s- Subaru? Sandwich? Not Subaru. No, it's just like some stoned teenage kids who had no idea that the art of sandwiches is completely lost on this on this coast. It really is. My boyfriend yeah. and I we drove an hour and a half to go find a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And he's just as happy with, I said Subaru, he's just as happy with Subway. I kind of figured what you were going for. <laughs> I said Subaru, I need a fucking nap. I know. He's just as happy with Subway. I'm like, no, we need, I love a good sandwich. Like the art of the sandwich is so lost. You know where it's not lost? is the East Coast. Yeah, exactly. We're East Coast people and that's why we can appreciate it. Apparently, I'm glad to hear you say that because, um... Uh, my wife is is Asian and has some non-white friends, and I guess they were comparing notes on their dudes, all of whom were white, and they, and it came around to what is up with fucking white dudes and sandwiches. <laughs> well, I mean, their sandwiches are terrible, and they love them. They love them like every these night. Two, these two it is actually really crazy. True, I get excited. I get way more excited about a sandwich than anybody should ever be for a sandwich. Maybe it's. Maybe does it make you feel like you're a kid again? Because I feel like that was a common lunch pail item. Carlin, no, I think there's go. some pretty manly sandwiches out there. Oh, I just knocked my dogs out of their bed. That allegedly, allegedly. Go ahead, get in there. Get man. It's like having three dogs is like having one unruly child. That's why I will say I know it must be difficult because you definitely are a real parent and you guys have real children in your house. Yeah, Having three you. dogs is is also a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's basically the same thing. They argue like Carlin is pacing. He's taking laps around the table growling because the two dogs are in his bed, but he won't 
tell them to leave in his dog language. He's just like, Oh, you have a passive aggressive dog. He's passive. He's so passive aggressive. Really? That's what it is. He just is like an Irish Catholic dog. He like sets the trap for you and then <laughs> unwittingly waits for you to step in it. And then just he gets, gets really, drunk. really bummed at you. And then, and then really steams on it for, for years. He never lets it down. He never right. lets it quit. And he just, he gets day drunk and really mean. You're just like, what was wrong with you, Carlin? God, it's 2 p.m. Why Why do you smell like whiskey? Why do I smell like whiskey? <laughs> I got the sandwich shops for you. I'll send them to you off air. No less a sandwich luminary than Tom Papa. I don't want to name drop here, but Tom Papa turned me on to some sandwich spots in the valley. So, Oh, he must, he's got to be a sandwich guy. He's an East Coaster too. Well, and he's like, um, he's the bread Hello? man. What are you doing? Emily, I'm podcasting. I have to go. Oh, bye. Love you. Oh, she just hung up. That my sister. Wow. Um, we Facetime. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but she. Okay. We Facetime like two to three times a day, and you do. We do. Um, we don't always catch each other, but we definitely attempt to call each other at least two times a day. And she has two kids, and it's funny because mm-hmm. she'll go out on a walk and Facetime me. She takes a dog out more than ever just to get away. From she takes the dog out and calls me. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just taking a walk. I'm like, are you? Is that what you're doing? Getting out of the house? It's got to be hard. You so can't you, get you always, away. No, that's, that's, that is, that is how I'm living. Uh, have you always been that close with your sibling? Yeah. I, there definitely was an era of, you know, hormones changing and evolving and, making us, you know, into women where it was a weird gray area of us being close, but we are so close. Yeah. She's clearly, yeah, we're very, very close. We talk what, all the time. I, but, but I'm like that with my family, uh, four years. That's nice. I wonder why some families are, are so like that. Cause I, I feel like there's, I don't want to say two kinds of families because there's obviously, you know, it's, it's a sliding scale, but yeah. it's like, kind of a cliche for you know the the person who can only take so many hours with their family before they're just like digging their nails into their palms and need to get out of the room and then there's the ones like yours and i mean what's the difference because you're stuck with your family you may as well be friends with them it's true i mean maybe i've i've lived away from them ever since i was 18 so i'm sure that whole you know distance makes the heart grow fonder is playing at this a little bit but also you know we just we're naturally loving people and i think the fact that we just talk to each other with honesty and we're like yo stop my mom doesn't say yo but you know where we're speaking about how we feel and we're being up freaking measure my mom being like yo listen we need to talk yeah Yeah, listen someone's mom says yo i know i know it's the 1980s and i'm the only person in the world that says yo but real talk yo real talk you got you got the clap you got the clap real we talk need to fix, i'm we not need selling to... you fucking brownie girls got cookies yo on the real <laughs> so i know so much about your early years but I, I i i don't know if we've talked about you moving to new york you moved directly to from upstate new york to new york city when you're 18 years old right no i actually moved from syracuse to boston oh, okay right then Boston to New York City and then New York to LA. Yeah. That's a pretty solid like a, comic pedigree. Yeah, and it's a pretty it's a it's a solid solid po- <laughs> solid comic pedigree. That was a tough one to get out. And it's also a nice You know my kid's been trying to say specific for a week and he just gave up. 
Pacific. He's like, it's sp- a sp- tough sp- one. Sp- 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 he's not even kidding. Anyway, right, right, right. <laughs> well, okay, say what you were going to say. Well, I was just going to say, like, going from Syracuse to a little bit bigger of a city, Boston to New York, and now in L.A., it's kind of like a nice, you know, I got to get my feet wet in each city as it got bigger. Yeah, right. So did you, when did you know that you were going to head to a big city as soon as you were essentially legally allowed to? Oh, I knew, I just, like, when I was 16, I'm like, I'm going to get the hell out of this town. I knew I was going to get the hell out. I just knew it. It's funny because I feel like most people who would be like, I got to get the hell out of this town, that goes hand in hand with, I got to get the fuck away from my family. Isn't that strange? I just, I didn't necessarily want to get away from my family. I, I wanted I just, something was calling me. I know it's cheesy, but I, I felt like I could see the walls within my city and I wanted to be, to be, live in a place where, um, I couldn't see any barriers where I knew there was so much for me to experience that the limits were beyond what they were in my hometown. Does that make sense? Dude, absolutely. I grew up in a town in New Jersey that you could literally see the New York city skyline from. Which town? I, I'm from a town called Rutherford, New Jersey. Yeah. Like, uh, Giants, Giant Stadium and the arena and all that is is East Rutherford, right? And yeah. So it's, it's a hop, skip, and a jump. I can literally, I'm right by the Lincoln Tunnel, and it sort of blew my mind that anybody was there. I'm like, you got like, I'm not allowed to leave. What are you? What are you doing? I'll never forget yeah. the time because I used to wait tables, and, and I love, I love where I'm from. I, I you I, must I love, have been a terrible waiter. How dare you? You must Honestly, have been such a fucking jerk. No, do you know, the only reason why I get anything done, I was a terrible person. <gasps> I, 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 as bad as I am now, waitering made me as good as I am. Patience? Just, I didn't handle my shit. I was like a really, like, I was just like a horrible student and I was irresponsible and something clicked when I waited tables. Like my, my wife was, you know, raised in a restaurant. Her mom owned and was a chef in a restaurant. We're going to force our children to be waiters. I think it's incredibly valuable life experience. Absolutely. I, love, I think so too. I, I was, I'm more, ta- I was like more naturally talented at being a waiter than I've ever been at anything else. Like, you were I, a bad student. I was a really, really bad student. I got kicked out of my high school and had to like beg my way back in. I, yeah, I couldn't, that shocks me. I couldn't get anything done. I was just like a really, really bad procrastinator. And looking back, I didn't really ever pay any consequences for it. You know what I mean? Well, I guess yeah. the one time they kicked me out of the school, I guess that would. But I managed to weasel my way around that. I was you like got a kicked too- out of a school? It was a pretty good school, but yes, I was asked to leave, and then I negotiated. I bought myself a little bit of time, and then a little more time. And I swear, once in a while, I learn how much you rock. See, because my loyalties were divided, I was already rocking. I had just discovered rocking, and the- and you're a badass. You're like, do you know who I am? I'm I in just- slit. I'm in pink taint no that, that that's, that's right. jason ellis's band slip taint what was his band's name stick what? Taint, taint stick, stick? also well, my band by the way i rocked ro- in that one as well you did you don't know that i was on the you billboard rocked. chart i'm the lead guitar player of taint stick you don't even know who you're talking to Are you do i need to direct your attention once again to the poster behind me which is taint stick just got renamed death death die are you serious how many times are we going to have this conversation? I successfully Man, rocked my way onto the billboard charts. I didn't co- realize that it was Ellis's taint stick that you were rocking. 
And I yeah. mean that in more ways than one. I want the I want to go on the record. Also, I taught Jason was on the podcast today and I thought his hair was real. You did? Oh, you must have made him very happy. I thought it was real. I, I it just it, the the way he had it today, I'm like, oh, your hair looks great. It grew in so fast. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Taint stick? Yeah, originally Tony Hawk's taint stick. Our whole thing was just to come up with a very, very, very half-assed bad idea very, very quickly and then commit really, really hard. Like we'd make up a song in like 15 seconds and then spend like two <laughs> weeks and then two, spend two weeks polishing the turd. And it worked. Wow. It worked. I've like he- headlined the Palladium. I mean, not that many people showed up, but we did headline the Palladium. But you were there. You can say that's a credit. Yeah. I didn't realize you and Ellis knew each other for so long. Yeah, uh, the show, the Jason Ellis show, unfortunately was unable to celebrate our 15th anniversary a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, it just it was just t- recently? Yeah, we were supposed to do our 15th anniversary show on the on May 1st, and the actual anniversary was like a week and a half before that. Ah! F- 15, it wasn't like, it's been, I don't, none of us can remember like whenever things actually happened. It was more of like an informal like late night radio thing that kind of morphed into an actual show. And I forget when that right. happened, when, when they put us on afternoons and when it was understood that we were an actual talk show and not just a music show where the DJs never shut up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of those, which was the evolution of it. But yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've known him for 15 years. We've been making radio for 15 years. I'm like a grizzled old veteran. We had Dennis Miller on the, on the radio show a couple days ago. And it's like, uh, it's just only a matter of time until we're just that guy. Just like, how you doing, babe? Hey, babe, babe, listen, I'm just as confused as a cross-eyed alpaca who's running forward into the river of Jesus, if you know what I mean. It's like, is Dennis Miller on DMT all the time? If he can't make it someday, you could just show up and be him. Because pretty much. I, would, I, would I think it's got a lot more to do with, with the cadence than the actual I words bang. that are coming out. As long as you're just like doing the Dennis Miller melody. Yeah. Which is... I remember when I was a kid watching him and thinking he was the coolest. Wasn't he cool at some point? Absolutely. Positively. That is... I mean, everybody's biased towards their Saturday Night Live cast, but... Who's your cast? Oh, well, that's my cast. You know, it's it's him and it's Dana Carvey and it's Phil Hartman, Kevin Nealon, Jan Hooks, Nora Dunn. Uh, who, who am I forgetting? Is you know, all those nineties. Is it the early nineties? Late eighties, early nineties, and then yeah. you know, Mike Mike Myers and all that. But like everybody's biased towards their cast, but that is without a doubt one of the great casts, if it's not the greatest cast. And yeah, I I would. It's I, a good I, cast. It's one of the best. There's no doubt about I it. I mean, come Will Ferrell, Sherry O'Terry, Chris Kattan. Also one of the great casts. I, I think you're really talking about the original cast, and then you're talking about the the Dennis Miller years, and then you're talking about the Adam Sandler years. And yeah, then there were so many good eras. And then you're talking about like the Kristen Wiig, you know, Will Forte, oh! Jason Sudeikis. Like those are... That's unless I don't know if people consider the current one another golden era, but those are like the four biggies, at least that, you know, created a ton of stars. Well, is Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler is at the same time? 
I don't think so. I, I think, think so. Adam okay, so. was gone when Will had gotten on. I'm okay, pretty well, sure Adam was on to like Billy Matt Bill yeah. Madison by that point. His yes. own production. So what is it called Billy Madison? He made Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, so it's Happy Madison. Yeah. Right. Happy Madison. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that he was the coolest guy and um I romanticized that era of like New York City cool nightlife from when they were on there. Like I think of the opening credits of the kind of lifestyle yes! that they were selling and I in a ham fisted fashion basically asked him if the social scene around SNL was as cokey as I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm it assuming was. it was. And he did not care for that. No, he used to have one what? amp still. Li- he used to have one amp still light after the show with his buddy Dana Carvey, and then go home. And he couldn't comment on what anybody else was doing. Like I understand. Are you fucking serious? I mean, I, at this point, we can agree as a people that drugs have made great art, whether it be music or movies. Unfortunately, that's what the truth is. Why can't we speak on it? Really- Dennis Miller's a pussy for not being honest about it. He should be like, yeah, babe, we were blowing lights in the bathroom between takes. Well, do you think he was? Like, have you ever done yes! uh, you, what, you've, you've, You're not a cook person at all, right? I've never done it. Okay, do you know? And look, I. People are going to be like, bullshit. She's on it every you. day. I've never done you. it. The, the thing that I find sort of frustrating in talking to a lot of people, a lot of celebrities where I'm digging for stuff is that they always assume I'm looking for them to name the name so that there's the headline. And I should, mm. if I wanted to be successful in broadcasting, that is what I should do. I truly honestly don't care. I would much rather you give me a great anecdote that's anonymous. So I get the flavor of what was going on. Yeah. And, and, and you I want to know they're so unused to people with my angle that I'm like, I was like, yeah, I just think about you and a Whitney Brown and a Whitney Brown looks like every stockbroker in bright lights, big city. And he's like, well, I don't know what Whitney was up to. And it's like, Hey, fucking bullshit. You were, you, you know what he was up to. They knew I don't, everything about each other's lives he's your fucking co-worker of course you know what he's up to you're both getting famous you're in your 20s you're on saturday night live if he's on blow you probably know it that's not the point i don't expect you to tell michaels was on blow i don't expect you to tell me that and i don't want you to tell me that it's not yours to to blow up his spot but they get offended by the question because they think that you're trying to get them to name names when actually i'm not even thinking about that i just want you to tell me what the hell it was it was actually like around there you know i mean i kind of understand it but still it's like just just talk about we want to know tell us who was doing cocaine (laughs) they all were it must have been so fun see but let me ask you about that so do you know and and i'm not asking you to name names because for the same reason i just kind of want to know do you have you encountered many comedians who like more than dabbled in cocaine not really. I feel like we're kind of out of that era. I feel like this generation of comedians that I'm in, they're following a vegan diet. They're, you know, cutting out sugar. That's the difference between comedians of the 80s and comedians of now. Comedians of the 80s were putting sugar up their nose, and now comedians are like, ugh, sugar? I can't. It spikes my glucose. Right. So are we sure that, like, because you're assuming I, I, that, that Dennis Miller was blowing a bunch of lines and then going out there and doing weekend update. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yep. I'm saying that I'm willing to take him at his word that he was not. Cause I, I he, what he said to me seems rational to me as somebody who has experimented with cocaine, which mm-hmm. is that like, well, it's not really my drug, but I can see the appeal of it. Once the work and day is done, if you, you care, know, if you care to indulge and you're in your twenties, go for it. But like, 
I would never have, as somebody who's done cocaine, I have no interest in doing cocaine and then doing comedy. I have no interest in doing cocaine and then doing this job. It's going to make me far worse at my job. It might actually make it impossible for me to do my job. I might sign on and then go, you know, what the fuck am I doing? Get up You're and You're just like, yeah, exactly. You and me on cocaine would be like, the show would be 11 hours long. and It would be six seconds of, <laughs> the show is already me and you on cocaine because the thing with coke at least if you're like around thinking people is it's always okay what you just said reminded me of three things i want to tell you but you finish <laughs> your thing and i'm going to write mine down like i've definitely had a notepad being around and which i typically already do when i'm talking to you so the tangents would the I tangents. got my notepad too, but that doesn't mean we're cokeheads. Does that mean we're just professionals? The Jesus. tangents would. I'm just saying the tangents would quickly become unmanageable. Yes, if, I mean if it, there was actual sober mind involved. tangents are almost unmanageable at this point for exactly. me. Exactly, precisely. Okay, so now think about like the the comedy store or or wherever. Like was okay. Was Rodney Dangerfield doing a bunch of cocaine when he was 75 years old? Oh come on! Right. Okay. I think everybody: Sam Kinison, Rodney Dangerfield, Bill Hicks. You know, uh, that whole generation. I mean, Richard Pryor set his fucking face on fire. So what you don't do that sober. So what has actually really changed? Because like human biology hasn't changed. And all those guys, sure, they wanted to have a good time, but they also wanted to be the best comics they could possibly be. And at some point they had to drink a bunch of whiskey and do some blow and go out on stage and be better than they'd ever been to go like, I, I like doing this stuff when I perform. I might even convince myself I need this stuff to perform because they actually experienced, I've done it without Coke, I've done it with Coke, I'm better with the I Coke. I like it I'm, better with Coke. I'm gonna be the Coke guy. And now, you know this whole generation of people who are the heirs, they're like the, just, the, uh, there's like the SNL casts, you know the current comedy store cast and you're saying that they're all coming to the conclusion maybe some of those guys have at some point tried doing a bump going out and going oh my god never again that was the worst that i've ever done i'm gonna go home and go paleo and cut sugar out of my <laughs> diet why is it that comedians 30 years ago believed that they were better on cocaine and comedians now believe that it has that even having a drink has no place in stand-up what has changed i is think society has changed but is it possible that people back then just weren't as funny as we assume they were? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's a mutually exclusive thing. I know I, I get what you're saying, but I think that the generation as a whole, society as a whole, then it was a la mode. You know, people did drugs coming out of the 60s. I mean, all the sex and LSD that they were doing and going into the 70s. Like, I, I think drugs sort of evolved with how people evolved in like the sexual revolution and coming out of war and after the Vietnam war, it's, I think so much in society dictates what the vice is. And oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. especially the even more immediate environment they're in, you know, the state culture is so immediate. It's so, it has so much to do with the direct environment you know, when you, you, you travel a little bit, I travel, I used to travel, <laughs> but the way people consume drugs or, or alcohol in Oregon is different than LA and it's different. Even the weed consumption from LA to, or California to Colorado is different, but then you take a, you, you look at the generation and the decades, eighties was 
a time of cocaine. You know, it was almost cool. Well, it was definitely a lot more acceptable. There was a, a cover story. I think it was like Time Magazine, late 70s, maybe very early 80s, that if you just looked at the cover, it looks like Time Magazine is saying that cocaine's awesome and everybody should do it and it's fine. <gasps> I've actually read the article because I read um, the one of the Pointer Sisters was all fucked up on coke and I read her book and she was like trying to explain. You have to understand it was a different time. Time Magazine was telling you it was good to do coke and if you I actually went and read the article Time Magazine was never quite telling people that but they were asking the question of are we probably the same sorts of questions that people are asking about weed nowadays if you're writing for a broad audience of a lot of people who've never used weed or or uh, were raised to be skeptical of weed you would probably see a lot of articles now of like yeah you know I might make some people a little lazy and unfocused, but some other people seem to swear by it. And, you know, there's some real high flyers doing this stuff. So who can really say <laughs> for sure? Flyers. There are, you know? I know. I'm one of them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I always wonder when anything in media comes out, what and who was behind it, especially when it pertains to drugs. Because when you look at, the opioid issue that we've had in our country for the past, I don't know, like six years where it's been like a fucking epidemic. You have to sort of wonder, you know, that's a prescription drug. That's a pharmaceutical that you can get from a doctor. And a majority of the people who become addicted from it, it's because of a prescription that a doctor gave them. And you look at the, the era of the eighties where everyone's just doing cocaine and all these drugs and it's kind of recreational. And some people probably, as we know, had problems, died, you know, got illnesses, subsequent issues with Made their livers music. and whatnot. But yeah. Yeah. And it's such a different way. It's like you consume it differently, but the effect is still detrimental and the way it's being consumed is two totally different things. One's like this fun party vibe and the other is like, I broke my knee and I need to heal. And the next thing you know, you're in under an overpass in Omaha sucking dick for your next pain pill. Right. I mean, not me or you, but not yet. Give it time. That's a real scenario for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I know opioids and and cocaine are, are different classes in the narcotics, but still. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's totally unbelievable that whoever was making those things clearly had some idea of what the legitimate demand was. And don't you know about that family that fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, 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 and that family and that manufacturer knew damn well that they were making 15 times what the legitimate demand was oh they knew oh yeah. what was the name of the fucking I know family what you mean. The, the oxycontin people and now <sighs> the oxycontin family i have to google it because it's going to drive me nuts right and they're actually like uh outside of their filthy drug dealing ways are a very upper crust refined philanthropic family and now they're getting their name taken off of a bunch of wings of things and they're trying to backtrack. There's right. a great article on Esquire. I don't know if you read it. It's called um, The Secret... Uh, let me just look it up. I read Here we go. I read one Secret- in article about them. It may well have been the same one. Maybe it is the same one. The Secretive Family Making Billions from the Opioid Crisis. Yeah. It's a great article. It tells you all about the fa- the, the origin. Sackler Courtyard. Yeah, they're Sacklers, right? There's a lot Sacklers. of Sacklers. 
<laughs> it's so fucked up. And there's good bad and there's it's good sacklers so and there's insane. bad sacklers and there's sacklers who have who have distanced themselves from other sacklers because they saw that it was bad and and uh, it's, it's 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 gross because when you look at the because people yeah, you know they got their you know they gave money to operas and museums and people took the money and feted them and I'm sure had gigantic parties and fawned over them. And now they're taking him down and going like, oh, well, what you guys did was wrong. And it was like, yeah, you didn't have any idea that what they were doing was wrong when you took the money in the first place. Like, this is how, like, liberal America gets gets a bad name quite rightly is because it, it is. Yeah, they don't do the research. Well, it's just willful oblivion. Ooh, Ooh excuse me, Incubus. That was poetic. It's what it, you know, it's like you, you, that's exactly what it is. Nobody's rubbing your nose in it, but it doesn't, if you're smart enough to be running the blah, blah, blah museum of art, you're probably smart enough to figure out that the, there's a reason why the Oxycontin people have a ton of money. Cause you probably heard by the time you're taking the money that Oxycontin's doing perhaps more bad than good in American communities. But it's, until, um, but until it's a PR nightmare, that's not an issue for you. Right. Exactly. Once the PR nightmare is the thing, then, and then you go, Oh my, I'm scandalized. I had no idea. You lied <laughs> to me. How dare you, Sacklers? You have to read, you guys, if you're listening, if you're still listening, you need to read this article. Uh, listen to this. The Sacklers' philanthropy differs from that of civic populists like Andrew Carnegie, who built hundreds of libraries in small towns, and Bill Gates, who foundation ministers to global masses. The, instead, the family donated its fortune to blue chip brands, branding the family name into the patronage network and of the world's most prestigious, well-known endowed institutions. These people are so spread out and so fucking rich off of this drug. It's not even funny. Yeah, it's gross. Wealthy. Well, and they were wealthy before, and I forget. It, it's funny because I, if I remember correctly, it was like sort of a mom and pop thing. <laughs> like their dad, <laughs> their dad started off making making drugs, and then. <laughs> Doesn't it's not like how you picture a pharmaceutical company, but it really. Oh yeah, like, or a little opioid press. Oh yeah, our company is a little mom pop shop. Yeah, exactly. Little mom pop shop. Yeah, we just made one drug addict, drug addict, and then we turned that into two, and we went from there. We're the American dream, really. Yeah. You know. But you're right. There if are. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, there there are different drugs for different eras. I think you're you're definitely right about that. You know, like you can see why, if if and it's it's tempting and usually pretty misleading to talk about decades as having personalities because you know there's not everybody was thinking the same thing obviously people no, were swimming no. upstream etc and the whole go-go 80s like many people were not making money and were totally poor and were not on wall street and were not playing racquetball and weren't doing cocaine but there was yeah sort of like people in 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 omaha i keep saying omaha kansas doing totally different shit mm-hmm People well, right. in San Francisco and in California and, you know, New York, New York. Right. Hustle and bustle. Yeah. Hitting the pavement. But I think if you're getting, I hate to talk about being fed this message, but there was this overall sense of optimism and I don't want to say progress in the sense of necessarily we were getting better, but there was like this forward momentum to the American culture of uh, the pop culture of, and maybe it's the, the Reagan thing of we're just going to, you know, we're, we're going to take down the Russians and we're going to take over the world. And 
it was just because everyone was on cocaine. They're all like, everything's great. Right. Everything's fucking fine. We're going to be great. Everything's great. They just people plowed through the 80s. Yeah. But people were just like, yeah, we're going to get shit. We're going to get shit done bigger, better, faster, more. And then Oxycontin is more of a everything sucks. Leave me the fuck alone. Kind of. Kind yeah, of it's a, it's a yeah, it's a downer for sure. Right, which is where we uh, it's a Debbie Downer of drugs. <laughs> it, pretty yeah, I mean it is it is quite literally a downer. <laughs> I love that we went from making fun of Bill Cosby to now the opioid crisis. Oh wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I can tie these two things together. We're though. just communicating, guys. Spe- please. Speaking of the the willful oblivion. I find it interesting that, um, okay, so Bill Cosby, it was an open secret in comedy, as everyone now says, that he did this, that, or the other thing. Maybe not to you. You're of a different generation from him, but and, and, and he was kind of too big to fail. Who was going to be the guy who blew up Bill Cosby's spot? I get that. I understand that. I believe that. I accept that. And then there's, uh, and then there's Louie. Right, and kind of an open secret that Louis may or may Who's not... Who's Lily? Louis. Louis C.K. Oh, Louis. I thought you said Lily. I'm like, who the fuck is Lily? I need everybody, the juice. Everybody knows that Lily Tomlin was <laughs> making people watch her masturbate. Lily Tomlin force-fisted <laughs> Jane Fonda into doing Grace and Frankie. Gra- Frank and Gracie? Yeah. Whatever that show is, it's so fucking good on Netflix. Is it? Man, and, and, I'm, oh. and I'm the old soul? I am an old soul. But I dream of being an eighty-year-old spinster, just out there. It's very liberating, smoking pot and flirting with pool boys. But so plenty of people knew what what Louis was up to, or at least heard whispers. If I heard whispers, then everybody in comedy knew about that. And here's what I'm thinking: is so everybody shits on Cosby, shits on Louis to a lesser, but still very real extent. I'm gonna guess that there are still other people about whom nasty things are known or suspected in comedy and everybody in comedy is still sitting on all that information. And again, I'm not asking you to name names, but it's, it it must, I'm not here to defend. I know some dirt about Joe, George Lopez. Oh, really? So do do I, what do you know? Uh, Tell me what you know. I don't know anything about George Lopez. This is how it goes. Where you say a name, you're like, Oh, what do you know? No, you tell me what you know. Go ahead, girl. I just heard some questionable things about Mr. Lopez. I heard that I think he had been ill, right? I think this is. Oh, a, he sounds like he's sick. No, this is a this is a well known thing. He had. I I think this was like documented and people like it was like a heartwarming kind of thing that he had like a liver thing, but like his wife or his ex wife saved him or something like that and everybody oh yeah didn't his ex-wife give her give him a, a li- uh, liver she died for him <laughs> yeah. uh, a kidney look i've drank plenty you take it <laughs> i had a good run yeah you i did the, cocaine with the wb with, needs you dennis miller take my kidney take my liver take I it know. all i heard that he was that he was deeply uncool to her while publicly well, publicly, there was the whole heartwarming thing of she saved his life and that behind the scenes, he was still a total ass to her. I don't I don't even literally know the public facts of it, so I can only speculate so much about the rumor that I've heard that's based off of that. But anyway, you go. I heard that he was deeply uncool as well. Mm-hmm. And it's this sort of thing where other when other people start saying how deeply uncool somebody is, 
then you go, oh, this motherfucker's a pervert. It's not my story to tell, mm-hmm. so I can't be the one to say it. Oh, you just let me tell mine and now... Yeah, you told yours. Right. Um, but yours wasn't even your story. It was just something you heard. I heard, it from, even like, I heard it from a pretty good source. But I also heard that as George well. Lopez I heard... I think I read an article about him being kind of a dick to the woman who gave him a fucking kidney. Oh, maybe that's public if somebody knowledge. somebody gives you an organ... Yeah. And you have the audacity just, to... Just send her a fucking fruit basket and shut an up. Asshole? Yeah. There should be a, a, a operation or something in a contract where you go, doctor, I want my fucking kidney back. My, and you get it back. My point is this. I'm not here to defend Louie. Everybody feels the way that they feel about it. And I think the public has come down more or less the, the right place on him, which is, mm-hmm. you know, 40 lashes and then get on with your career as best you can. That seems like about yep. the best the court of public opinion is able to do. But I guarantee you, Louie knows of at least five other guys who are at least as bad as Louie. And he's just sitting there going... Oh, really? Like, oh fuck! But I, but I'm a dick if I tell you that this guy does this and that guy does that and this guy's still doing this. And I heard this guy only started doing blah 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 after I got caught. And then one of those guys will get will get exposed, and all of your people will again be like, oh well, I always heard about this, but here's my reason why I couldn't say it. But now that it's out there, let me be the first to put my heel on his jaw. Yeah, let me be the first to to just stab him into the ground. But I do think if we're going to burn the beast, I'm not calling Louis C.K. a beast, but just for a fun, you know, play on words, we also have to make the adult females accountable as well. So if the dude loses his job, he lost all his money. What about the women? The ones... Grown-ass women. he masturbated in front of? Yeah, but these two women went into a hotel room. Oh, of a man they barely knew. Mm-hmm. Isn't that Stranger Danger 101? My mom taught me that when I was eight. Yeah, I don't know how you comedians roll. You guys are a bunch of filthy bohemians. <laughs> filthy bohemians will not be at Coachella this year because of COVID. That's right. So sad. That's right. <laughs> so sad about it. We have to listen to their records. Hey, we have to go. It's 51 uh, minutes. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just going to tell you the... Dirty details with George Lopez. Oh my I'll goodness, I'll have to wait. You're Jesse May Peluso. I will uh, speak to you soon. You look like you're doing well. You hang in there. Thanks for checking in at the end of the podcast, Tully. Appreciate it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.